Good morning. You're listening to The Daily Cast, a podcast to begin the day on Gilcullen Diary. I'm Brian Byrne. It's Tuesday, the 25th of May, 2021. This morning, we'll take a look back at a Kerry-born woman who became a leading campaigner for women's work rights in England in the 19th century. And we'll report from last evening's Two Mile House Says No meeting over a proposed battery electric storage system at Dunstown. But first, the weather. It was a moody-looking start, but there should be some good sunny spells later on. A possibility of a few scattered showers is on the horizon, and there'll be light westerly winds for most of the day. The highest temperatures will be around 14 degrees. Our person of interest this morning is Helen Blackburn, born on this day in 1842 at Knightstown, Valencia Island, County Kerry. Her father was a civil engineer from Kerry who managed the slate quarry on Valencia. Her mother, a lady from Durham in England. When she was 17, Helen's family moved to London and there she became involved with the women's rights activists known as the Langham Place Group who published the English Woman's Journal. That dealt mainly with employment and rights issues for women. In 1866, that was succeeded by the English Woman's Review, which continued in existence for 44 years. Helen Blackburn was editor for a decade from 1880 and joint editor for a further five years. She had joined the National Society for Women's Suffrage in 1872. While working as secretary of that organisation, she studied law at University College London and later at University College Bristol. With fellow review editor and campaigner Jessie Boucheret, she established the Women's Defence League in 1891 to defend women's working rights against restrictive employment legislation. There is little written about her private life, but she was the author of several books, all related to women's work and social rights, including a history of the women's suffrage movement through the 19th century. That was published a year before her death in London in 1903 at the age of 60. Apart from her legacy in women's movements, she founded and funded two collections, one of artworks by women which included portraits of Florence Nightingale and social reformer Mary Carpenter, which seems to have been lost after being donated to Bristol University. The other was a selection of books by women. In a pair of dedicated bookcases, that collection is in the care of Girton College, the first woman's college in Cambridge and today a constituent college of the university. Helen Blackburn's name is on the plinth of the statue of Millicent Fawcett in Parliament Square in London with those of 58 other women's suffrage supporters. And in a closing of a circle, the Houses of Parliament across the way are roofed in slates from the quarry which was managed by her father on Valencia Island, where she was born. Now to our feature of the day. When up to 50 people turned out last night to a meeting in Two Mile House, they were making a statement that they're concerned for where they live, that they're concerned for those they live with, and that somehow they believe something nasty is being foisted on them. The meeting was called by a quickly formed action group, Two Mile House Says No, and they're saying no to a proposal to build a 10-acre battery electric storage system just across from Dunshane House in Dunstown. An application for planning permission for the installation has been made by Strategic Power Projects Limited, and anyone with a concern has until the 9th of June to make a submission. 
In short, the local people are worried about possible fire hazard from lithium-ion batteries, about consequent toxic contamination of their air, their land and their wells, and about heavy traffic on their rural roadways in places that don't even have room for two cars to pass. The spokesman for Two Mile House says no is Conor Maguire. The main concern is the fact that it's in the heart of a residential uh, rural part of the country, and of the county even. Now, as you know, we're viewing it basically as uh, bombs going in in our area. That lithium-ion batteries are known to explode, to leak, cause problems, and this is throughout the world. Between uh, Korea, when that call recall a huge amount of lithium-ion uh, tablets and phones because the batteries were exploding and going going on fire. Now you're probably aware that lithium-ion batteries are really the uh, the standard now for mobile phones, for cars. You know, the bulk of them, Tesla, are all um, lithium-ion batteries. Uh, they're all moving in that direction, but they're volatile. You know, they can cause problems. You know, that if one single cell leaks, they all leak. They have a thermal pathway, I think is the term they use, that one will lead on to another and cause fire. How can this be an issue in terms of placing a farm of batteries for electric storage in the likes of Dunstown? Well, you know, for a start, that, um, it's, you know, there's houses all around it all around the site. It's a 10-acre site. And if you think of the 10-acre site, and what's going in is 72 60-foot containers, similar to what you see on the back of the truck. Uh, the 72 60-foot containers full of lithium-ion cells, they will in turn be connected to the substation and they will sell power into the grid. That is the, the, the simple way of looking at it. But, as I said, it's a volatile situation that these can turn into bombs. It's happened in Liverpool, the closest to us. It's happened all over Europe. It's happened in the States. It's happened in Australia. It's happened in Asia. You know, it's, it's, it's well known. And all the experts will actually agree that it is a volatile situation. They are not safe. What is the level of them going wrong in the applications that they've been put in so far? Just how unsafe is a lithium-iron battery in your mobile phone as a percentage of the number of batteries out there? Again, as far as I'm aware, that it's something, I think it's the equivalent of one in one million cells is liable to go in on fire. Now, in our situation, if you look at a, a Tesla, again, using that as an example, a Tesla car has 7,000 cells making up its battery. If a Tesla goes on fire, the fire brigade in most areas cannot put the fire out because it's a chemical fire. They can contain it if they have graphite powder, which most fire stations in Ireland do not have. Now, if you look at 7,000 cells in a Tesla, and we're looking at a 60-foot container full of just the cells, and 72 of those, it gives you an indication of the amount of cells that we have available would be millions. Have there been significant large-scale grid-level failures of, of um, installations like this? One of the problems we have is that we're only in operation for about a week because the planning application for this site went in on the 6th of May. It wasn't published by Kildare County Council until the 19th of May. So most of us, a 
an awful lot of people in our area still aren't even aware of this. So we're limited on the amount of information that we can glean at the moment. Now, there's a huge amount of information available online. There's even YouTube pictures of fires in other areas where this, these fires, they just burn out. Now, if you're familiar with the Commons Road um, uh, and the Two Mile House GAA grounds, it's going behind the Two Mile House GAA grounds. The front gate is directly opposite the front gate of the Camp Hill Community Centre. You know, which is um, a home for special needs kids. The whole area is a problem because it's surrounded by trees and gorse. So if there's a fire in it, that everything from the Commons Road, all up the Bramockstown Road, down through Harristown and back down up the Dunstown area would be decimated because of the amount of trees, etc. And this is not even to mention wildlife. One of your concerns in what I've read is that there isn't sufficient regulation for installations like this. That is one of the issues, that it's not old enough yet to give loads of people loads of information. I mean, to give an indication on fire stations, you know, both, both Nace and Newbridge, which would service our area, neither of them are permanent um, stations. They're on-call stations. Well, the, the fire stations couldn't handle a fire if it happened. In general, we, we're not against the actual idea of uh, renewable energy like this. It's where it's being positioned is the problem. Where would you suggest it should be positioned in general terms? Away from houses. I, 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 you know, I, it's just the way it's been foisted upon us without any consultation. Two families in the area, the two only, were, were, were um, approached by the developer and the word came out to us. In their statement, they have said they have been in contact with the residents, plural. But as I said, two families only. Loads of people around in our area have their own water wells. And if there's a leakage, you know, they, you know, they, 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 it can be fatal. You know, the, the, the chemicals coming from a lithium ion. You know, there's, there's streams. There's two different streams in the area. Those streams feed Liffey at Carnalway. You know, the, the, it, it's alive with problems. You know, we have hawks, we have kestrels, we have, you know, bats in the area, all protected species. But we're more concerned about the fact that we're going to have, for want of a better term, a bomb site on our back door. There are people who will say that you're scaremongering by using that kind of terminology, Connor. Are you? I don't believe so, Brian. You know, I mean, that's exactly what it is. I mean, would you like to have a petrol line running behind your house overground? be a bit concerned you know, and it's exactly the same you know it, it's in fact it's, it's worse because you know, you know the, the through no fault of anything a lithium-ion battery can fail a lithium-ion cell can fail and cause problems you have a very short time to do this how, how are you going to get around the fact that you'll need knowledge you'll need experts you'll need a lot of things in a hurry to get this underway there's groups of people going after different things to find out you know, between planning, between uh, the chemical end, between the, the, the ecological end. Uh, you know, the, we, we have groups of people that are looking after these. And we're, we've only had one meeting so far. And time is against us. We're all running around to kettles. You can try to find as much information as possible. But the information, unfortunately, that we're all gleaning quickly is danger. Nobody has said, ah, this is, you know, this will be fine. Everybody has said how dangerous it is. That was Conor Maguire, 
spokesman for Two Mile House, says no. At last evening's meeting, the importance of getting submissions together quickly was the main focus of the discussion. Because of the delay between lodging the application and the documents being available on the Kildare County Council website, time has been lost. This campaign will gain momentum, and some of those there told me of their concerns. So I, I'd be living very close to the to the to the proposed development, so I'd just be concerned that could it encroach up even further to our house, that it could devalue our house down in the future. I have two young kids as well, and how that's going to impact their childhood compared to the the childhood say that I had in the area. So I suppose it's just fears a lot, fears of the unknown of what could come down the line out of this. Were you surprised when you saw this happen? I was, to be honest. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I, th- I thought that we had kind of done our bit having the substation there. I didn't think we'd, we'd be having to take on anything else. Well, I live probably about 300 metres away from this installation. And the fact that the developer was unwilling to come and meet the locals before we actually went and started this whole movement. And it was done in COVID times when people are at their most vulnerable. And Were you surprised to see this happen in your Oh, area? absolutely. Absolutely. Look, as people say, I'm not against green energy. I'm just against something like this firebomb basically being on my doorstep. I have a young child at home. I have to protect him, and that's the most important thing. Principally for health reasons. Um, and given the size of it, the fire would be a huge, a huge concern. Um, and, and the footprint in a residential area... Um, Absolutely, if these things are necessary, although there does seem to be conflicting evidence, you know, whether they are always going to be necessary or not. But given where they are, there's a house in every field up that road, and there's here, which has been only developed in the last 20 years. So it just seemed counterintuitive to put something of that scale so close to, to a community. It should go in a, in a low-density area so there's one in um there's one in offaly it's in the middle of the bog there isn't a house around it so there is a place for them um they're not the prettiest i accept but you pick low density areas you don't pick relatively high density areas and nace as you know is 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 creeping out so the density is just increasing so why put danger on your doorstep if you can if you can find somewhere of a lower density and that's it's not a knot on our doorstep. We had a dump, we have a power station, and we're living harmoniously with those. But there are limits as well. Some voices from last night's meeting of the Two Mile House says no campaign. And this is going to run. Moving to the news headlines for today, at local level, the Clare Nationalist gives its lead to that Dunstown story, headlining fears of the potential for fire and explosion. The Leinster leader also leads with fear, but this time from far away in Nepal, telling the story of an Irishman and his family there, which is facing the horror of a Covid surge. And KFM Radio News reports on a local woman who received a scam phone call threatening to reveal her medical data. On the Nationals, RTE leads with the apparent confession of the Belarus opposition blogger, taken from a diverted Ryanair flight, that he organised protests in his home country, and also highlights the EU ban on Belarusian flights from European airspace. That latter is also the lead in the Irish Times as EU seals off airspace. The Examiner, meanwhile, headlines reports from sources that holiday travel is going to be 
permitted without quarantine within the EU for the fully vaccinated. Although the Independent says that scenario for Irish people is at risk of delay because the HSE and the Department of Health are on their knees due to the recent cyber attack. And so we leave it there for today from the Daily Cast. Work, travel and play safe today. I'm Brian Byrne. This is Kilcullen Diary. And as always, thank you for listening.